Welcome to your home for all things trending in sports. Comes up the Daytona Super Stretch. Eric Almarola trying to block both lanes. Trying to keep Hamlin behind him. Trying to keep Austin Dillon behind him. Dillon turns him. Eric Almarola into the wall in turn number three. Austin Dillon to the bottom of the racetrack. At the front of the field. Off of turn number four. But they're lined up side by side. Behind him is Austin Dillon. Austin Dillon leads the pack off turn number four. No one ever thought he would contend for the win. But he's going to do it. He's going to win the 60th running of the Daytona. 500. From golf to NASCAR and everything in between, it's time for the Ben and Ben Show live on Com Radio and the Radio FX app. What do you see here, Tony? Oh, I thought they were going to run the ball to the right. Now he's going back left with the run. There you go. To the left it is. Richard slipping through tackles. Now for your co hosts. Ben Jenkins and Ben Faree. Welcome back into the Ben and Ben Show. Ben, we are finally live from the Innovation Park Studios. My name is Ben Faree, joined with Ben Jenkins. And Ben, it's been a while since we've been in this studio. It has been a while. I almost forgot how to get here. Uh, what, two months since we uh, recorded a live show in this studio? Something around that time. Certainly hasn't been in this semester. You know, we're five weeks in already and uh, getting our first crack at it here in the studio. Yeah, Penn State uh, canceled two Thursdays in a row. We had some basketball games that have canceled our show. We are finally out here, ready to do this live. Back with an hour show now instead of a half an hour. Finally. We're looking good there. Um, yes, yeah, so we're excited to get back out here for another semester. Um, Hopefully we'll have more shows live than just this yeah. one. I think the next couple of weeks look good. I planned out the schedule, so we should be good there. We have some exciting things coming on the Bed and Bench. We have a couple of guests lined up for some future episodes, um, so they'll be joining us out here, get their takes on all of the trending things that are going on in the sports world. Um, we're not on Facebook Live right now. We'll nope. get that set up another week. We got a little technical difficulties. Yeah, uh, we, we tried. That's why we went on the air two or three minutes late. We tried really hard to get Facebook up and running. Uh, certainly going to work on that moving forward. We will be there eventually. Um, like you said, some exciting things going on. Our first guest going to be on the show next week, actually. Uh, talk a little bit of uh, NASCAR and things like that with the season getting ready to get underway. So really good stuff coming here from the Ben and Ben Show. Excited. Um, to be back in the live studio, excited to get this show on the road here on the Radio FX app and Com Radio. Uh, we've been putting out, we put out two episodes on P Apple Podcast. So if you uh, listen to those, thank you. Thanks for following along with us. Uh, thanks for working with us as we dealt with the snow and the wonderful weather and the random cancellations for no reason, all that sort of thing. Women's basketball games. It's They've thrown everything they can at us this semester, but hey, here we are still. Yeah, and that brings up a good point, Ben. Always... Follow us on Facebook, uh, The Ben and Ben Show, because um, everything's posted on there. Yep. Um, you can go follow the Apple Podcast. Um, it's actually on pretty much every podcast service you can imagine at this point. Yep. Um, it's just kind of shared out there, but that's probably the easiest one for people to get to. So it's on there. So if you miss an episode, um, we'll throw it up on there, podcast right after this show is over. And then from time to time, we'll do some special episodes. We did a college football bowl special. We did one wrapping up the college football season. So that's definitely worth your time to go check those out as we throw some extra stuff on there every once in a while when we get bored out here. Um, but, yeah, I think that's really it for all of our housekeeping stuff as we'll try to get into the show now, Ben. We'll actually talk about sports. And the first thing we're going to talk about was not a good sporting event, the Super Bowl. Yeah, let's move on. All right, let's go to the something else. No, I'm kidding. Um, Super Bowl was not what we had in mind, I don't think. Um, Patriots win again. Everybody knows that by now. Beat the Rams in a low-scoring affair. 13-3 was at the final score. Yes. 13-3, um, to three, if you had the Rams only getting three points, I believe I saw somewhere on the Internet, somebody in Las Vegas actually put $200 on that, that the Rams would score just three points, walked away with a crisp $100,000. So congratulations to whoever that was. That's a risky bet. Probably not one I would have made going into the game. Um, but that's kind of, you know, that's the thing with the Super Bowl is you, you never really know what you're going to get. Yeah, I mean, and it's the biggest sporting event of the year. Um, I mean, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, it's sports. That's what we love about sports. Sometimes they make the greatest moments, and then sometimes they're disappointing like that one. Um, I mean, 
And it, it just wasn't exciting to watch. I mean, it's not just because it was a defensive game. There are exciting defensive football games, and there are a lot of them, but this one was not. I mean, the Rams punted, what, their first seven, eight drives in yeah. that game. I mean, I think the whole first half, every drive ended in a punt. I mean, that's not really exciting. I mean, there's defensive games where there's turnovers and all that kind of stuff, but there just wasn't that this week. So, I mean, I maybe next year will be better, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of funny because – uh, usually the uh, college football season is way better than the NFL, and that's a train that I've been a passenger on for many years. And and this year it was a complete opposite. You had, for the regular season anyway, the the NFL was much more exciting than college football in my opinion. And then you get to the Super Bowl, um, kind of where usually you have not as great of a regular season than a really good Super Bowl. Kind of the opposite this year. You have a great regular season. Uh, the championship games we talked about in the podcast that were up, um, you know, you don't necessarily get what I think a lot of people were thinking. I know I was thinking we were going to have uh, Saints and Chiefs, but you just it it wasn't really a good example of how the season went as a whole for the NFL. Um, I think people need to remember that that you know this is just one example. This is just one game. It was a really good season of football for the National Football League. The problem though, Ben, is this is by far the most watched yeah. NFL game of the season. So that's how people remember it. And also it puts a lot of pressure on the NFL because this game was bad and a lot of people were pointing to, well, the Rams shouldn't have been there anyway because mm. of a pass interference call. Well, a non-pass interference call. Yeah. So that puts a lot of pressure on the NFL to change something there. Um, I mean, I don't know how they're going to. I, I'm pretty much against challenging penalties. We don't want games that take seven hours. But that's... Certainly the NFL, the PR office, did not want that to happen because now people are saying, well, they shouldn't have even been there in the first place. But at the end of the day, Patriots won. Brady got another ring. Ben, is he the GOAT? Yeah. Um, you know, you love the guy, hate the guy, um, think he's an athlete, think he's not an athlete, um, which I think is a ridiculous thought to even come across anybody's mind. Uh, he's the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL. His six Super Bowl rings prove that he has – the same number of Super Bowl rings as the winningest team, the winningest franchises ever, which are now the New England Patriots and the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, as a Steelers fan, that hurts me to my core. Um, but yeah, he has more Super Bowls than any other franchise tied for that, at least um, most by a single player. You know, that's not even close. So what can you say other than that? The stats don't lie. Um, and, you know, you judge people by how many rings they have at the end of their career, and he's he's passed it with flying colors, and he's probably ha- going to have a few more. Yeah, but I agree. I mean, as a Jets fan also, it really hurts me to say this, but I completely agree with you. I mean, he's proven now that he can do it in all phases of his career, whether he's young, old. I mean, at this point, I think he's never going to retire. I mean, he's a robot. I, I, I don't know how – it must be that diet that he has. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we should get on that diet, but – um, I, it's just he's just incredible. I mean, every single. I mean, there's a formula to beat him, and it's to hit him and to make him move, and just to get him uncomfortable in the pocket. And it's a well-established formula. Teams know how to beat him; they just can't do it. And it's it's just so impressive to see him do it year after year after year. And he's not going anywhere in the next two three years. And the incredible thing is, uh, you know, even when he doesn't have his best game, he didn't play that well in the Super Bowl. No, he didn't. In this Patriots team. You, you know the stars. You know Rob Gronkowski, and you know Julian Edelman out there catching passes, your Super Bowl MVP. Um, you know, other than that, in the, the running back whose name is slipping my Sonny mind. Michelle. Yes, there you go. And he's he's really young. You take those three guys away, you can't name any other Patriots players. The way that they do this is through Tom Brady, uh, two or three others, and then a bunch of people that you don't know their names. And somehow – at the end of the season, they lost, what, four games in the regular season this Yeah, they year? did not have a good regular season no, by any means. They lost year. to the Steelers at there towards the end of the regular season before their fantastic collapse. And, you know, you were thinking, uh-oh, something's wrong with this New England team. This isn't the New England team we're used to seeing. And then they go out and just, you know, they smack people in the playoffs and they win the Super Bowl. Um, and, and that's got to – you got to give credit to Brady. I mean, there's other guys, of course, coaching. Uh, Bill Belichick is – you know, probably one of the greatest coaches in the history of, the, of, of football, not even college, NFL, just football in general. Uh, it's just an impressive performance all around. And, and like I said earlier, this New England team is not done. Yeah, they're not done at all. I mean, they 
I think Brady still has another two, three years left before he uh, retires. And eventually, I mean, there were some rumors before this game that if Brady and Belichick win this one, they're both going off into the sunset. You knew that was never going to happen. This year was their underdog year, which is crazy to say that the Patriots were the underdog in this season. I mean, they really embodied that role throughout the playoffs. I think that really motivated them as if they needed any extra motivation. But we'll shift gears a little bit, go to the Rams. Yeah. It was a very disappointing performance from them. I mean, say what you want about them, not supposed they shouldn't have been there, whatever, blah, blah, blah. They were there. They were a really good team all season long. They were really young, entertaining, fun team to watch. And we saw none of that in the Super Bowl. I mean, their defense played really well. Once again, that's what they've done all season. But we did not see that offensive side of their game at all. But I think for the good news for Rams fans is they will be back soon. Yeah, they have a lot of growing to do. They're certainly not up against um, age. You know, th- those guys are really young. Jared Goff isn't old enough to even uh, run a rental car yet. Um, so if they, you know, they're, they've got their time. They're going to – Todd Gurley's young. Um, that Most of that team's young. They went out and they, they signed some older veterans, though, last offseason to make this run. Uh, we'll see if it keeps up. I mean, I think it will. Uh, but this – the Rams team, it, like you said, kind of disappointing, but CBS had a really good stat somewhere around the start of the second half that was Jared Goff's worst game in his NFL career came last year against the Patriots, and then he backed it up with, if not his worst game now, his second worst game against the Patriots again. So whatever it is that they're doing, again, the conversation shifts back to New England. Uh, this might not be a Rams problem. This might just be how good New England is at, at scheming and preparing for teams in big games well we see a lot of time in sports something that's a little underrated is the matchups I mean sometimes it doesn't matter who the better team is it's how you match up with the other team I think the Patriots just match up really well with the Rams they were able to cause golf a lot of troubles um but now we'll move on for the oh no we're not gonna move on to the Super Bowl I want to rant about the halftime show to get a little arts and entertainment action here <laughs> so we have Maroon 5 a pop rock band I would consider them so they go out they perform they do like a song, and then Travis Scott like does whatever he does. Comes in on an asteroid. Yes. Yeah. And then he does like thirty seconds, to and the, to the tune of SpongeBob. Yes. Like, it completely changes like the genre of music, to a rap style, and then Maroon Five goes back and sings a couple more songs, and then they go back to the rap style again with Big Boy. And then and Adam takes his shirt off. And then Adam takes his shirt off. It was just very <laughs> disjointed and very confusing. And it was just bad. Like, they should have stuck with one genre, flipped it, and then went back to it or tried to merge them together. It just it, – it wasn't good. It The whole Super Bowl was bad. I mean, I kind of thought it was strange how, like you said, Travis Scott wrote in on the Astro – or on the Asteroid sang 20 seconds of his song and then, and then bounced. We never saw him again. I thought that was kind of odd. But, you know, I didn't really mind it that much. I didn't pay – too much attention to it but i didn't think it was horrible there's certainly been worse um and i guarantee they'll be worse in the future so yeah whatever and a very important question ben what was your favorite commercial Ooh, i don't know um i didn't really put much much thought into this uh i just wanted you to talk about the one that you picked because i was right along with you with this one uh take it away because i don't really have words for it see i love the chunky milk commercial Ugh. and i'll be honest with you i don't remember what brand put that out there i don't remember what they were advertising i don't remember anything i think milk people were drinking chunky milk and it was hilarious yeah uh, it was a bit disgusting too i looked but. at my i looked at my roommates and i said i know somebody out there just puked oh i'm sure it had to happen somewhere so i i, I had to go with the best commercial yeah. I, I think it's the only one i really remember to yep. be honest with you yep, same. so and i don't remember what brand it was so they might have failed in that sense but i was entertained that's all that matters right um, now, also, at this time, since we've had our last show, we've, NFL awards have come out. Um, Patrick Mahomes got the MVP award, um, and I think that's really deserving for yep. the season that he had. Absolutely. This is a Kansas City team that I think um, should have been in the Super Bowl, the conversation that we've already had once we won't have again. But, you know, what a great season for Patrick Mahomes. He did everything he needed to, um, almost, uh, to get this Kansas City team to the Super Bowl. And, you know, only good things coming for him as well. I think this Kansas City team is going to be a force to be reckoned with for the near future. Yeah, I mean, they're just they're young. They're just going to get better as time goes on. Um, Andy Reid will get his Super Bowl. I hope so. It has so. to happen. I, I hope I, so. 
he is one of the coaches in the NFL that I really want to get that Super Bowl. And I think he will. I mean, they're a really bright young team. And I think Mahomes said, like, after the year that I will be there next year. So we'll see if he can dethrone Brady and Belichick in the coming years. That'll be something that'll be fun to watch. Mahomes, the rising star, Brady on the end of his career. That'll be definitely something that'll be fun to watch. Um, Saquon got Rookie of the Year as well. Any surprises there? Not really. Um, you know, I had a feeling Saquon would get it just because of the hype around him. And I think what he brings to the NFL, uh, let's be honest, I've probably watched just a handful of Giants games in my entire life. But you know if if I got the Giants game this year, I was tuning in to watch Saquon play. And obviously that's because I'm a Penn State student and he played here. But um, I just think even as an ambassador for the sport, Saquon, um, you know, he, he's not getting in trouble. He's not doing bad things off the field. He's he's taking care of himself. He's doing the right things. He's helping people, um, you know, and it just helps the NFL if he wins Rookie of the Year. And it's certainly deserved on the field, too. Don't get me wrong. Um, I would have been happy if Baker won it as well. Um, I think it was a toss-up. Either guy could have won it. Uh, Saquon, obviously, was a game-changer for an awful Giants team. And Baker... Look, he turned the tide in a city where winning is incredibly difficult. Yeah. You know, to go into Cleveland and and make winning a thing that happens again, that's incredible. So if Baker would have won it, I would have been perfectly fine with that too. I don't think the NFL could have gone wrong either way. Yeah, I mean, I would have to agree with you once again. I mean, I almost felt like Baker should have had a better argument there that, I mean, that Browns team, he won games, and he won a decent number of games for the Browns team. So I think that should have been worth something. But Saquon also changed the Giants' offense completely around, and he was one of the really electric parts of that team this season, really one of the only electric parts of that team this season. So, I mean, either way, can't go wrong. At the end of the day, Rookie of the Year really doesn't matter. So we are going to quickly talk about the Hall of Fame class here, Ben. And this is something that every year, now that I say it, just to name a couple of people that were inducted this year, Champ Bailey, Tony Gonzalez, Ty Law, Ed Reed. Ben, these are players that I grew up with watching and admiring and this is crazy that they're in the hall of fame it makes me feel old yeah it's hard to believe uh, you know another strong class guys that you know yeah it's kind of like what you just said you don't you know growing up you don't really understand well yeah like you've seen that guy's highlights before oh yeah he was pretty good but these are guys that we saw in person not, you know, on tv um maybe in person i don't know um but yeah it's it's hard to believe and, and that's just <laughs> that's just life all right, we're going to take a quick break here on the Ben and Ben Show. When we come back, we'll talk NBA trade deadline, Penn State basketball, and the Alliance of American Football. Now back to the Ben and Ben Show, live on Com Radio. Welcome back into the Ben and Ben Show. If you are just joining us, we just wrapped up the NFL season and talked about the Super Bowl and the NFL for probably longer than we've talked about at all on this show almost as long as our show was last semester yeah. um so we're good for back here in the innovation park studios an hour now plenty of time to talk about as much stuff as we want to and now we're going to shift gears to the nba where today the trade deadline wrapped up at 3 p.m um and what's just becoming a spectacle in sports in these coming seasons is the NBA trade deadline. And it just seems like every year more and more is happening. More players are saying, I'm leaving or I'm not doing this. I mean, Carmelo was cut or was traded and said, no, I'm not playing for this team. And then was ended up being cut. Like it was a whole fiasco this year. And where it all really evolved around was Anthony Davis down in new Orleans. Um, he wanted to leave the Pelicans, go to a contender. The Lakers really wanted him. And then the Pelicans asked for the entire Lakers team, Kobe <laughs> Bryant, Wilt Chamberlain. They, they asked for everyone, and Magic Johnson. They Magic. asked for all of them. Um, and then it ended up with the Pelicans just not returning phone calls to the Lakers. Um, I mean, this drama is just incredible. Yeah, I don't, I don't follow the NBA that much, but um, the trade deadline is as close as sports gets to a reality TV show. Uh, you know, you look at the NBA trade, trade deadline, I can't even say it, um, in the transfer portal in college football, and those are as close to reality TV as you get. This thing's wild. Uh, my favorite part about the entire thing is the fact that the Pelicans won't answer emails, <laughs> phone calls, texts. I mean, t how middle school can you get with this thing? Um, but I guess when you're trying to keep Anthony Davis on your team, you don't want any contact at all. Um, but, you know, nobody's safe. 
it it's it seems like nobody is safe. You have action going on in Los Angeles. You have action going on in New Orleans. You have the 76ers involved in everything. Uh, the Mavericks, just everybody is in on this thing. And and until the dust settles, w- did it already end or does it, it end did at, at midnight? 3 p.m. Or? it ended. So until the dust settled at 3 p.m., nobody knew where they were going to play probably even tomorrow. Yeah. Well, that's what reading, just scrolling through Twitter is funny. Like players saying, like, I don't want to be traded today. Like just <laughs> no one knows, like, if they were going to be traded or not. And you mentioned the 76ers, and they've really went all in for, like, a championship this year. They acquired Tobias Harris. Um they sent four draft picks, two first-rounders, two second-rounders to the Clippers. Four draft picks. That's incredible. That's a, almost a starting lineup. Now, those draft picks are spread out over three years, I believe. But still, that, that's a lot of draft picks um, in order to do that. So the Clippers from that deal get four draft picks, and they clear a bunch of cap space so that they can make a run at some free agents this year and hopefully have some top picks in the draft, which I thought was interesting. I thought the Clippers won that deal. I mean, they got rid of a player in Tobias Harris who has one year left on his contract. If you're Philadelphia, they want to re-sign all these core players, but honestly, I don't know if it gets done. I mean, how many stars can you re-sign on your team? Um, But then the Sixers weren't done because today they traded Markel Fultz to the Magic for Jonathan Simmons, a first and a second round pick. So they got two of those picks back that they sent to the Clippers, and they got another player who will hopefully – move them or what they hopefully think will move them towards a championship this season, but they've really gone all in on this year, which is a really risky thing to do in February. I mean, I'll, I'll agree with you that four draft picks is a lot, especially for just one player. Um, but looking at his stats and not even his year stats, but just what he's done lately uh, on the fifth, the last game that he's, he's played for the Clippers 34 points in 36 yeah. minutes. I mean, he seems like he's 26 years old. Um, you know, it seems like he's going to be a player that, you know, if they're ready to win, and they certainly are, and, and, you know, being here at Penn State, oh, man, you know that the fan base is ready to win. You don't – you don't you never hear the end of it. Um, so this might be a move that they're willing to make, and I know that might not be popular with some people. I'm a little bit shaky with it um, because when I when it comes to, to trades and sports and things like that, I tend personally to value those draft picks probably a little bit more than I should. Um, but, hey, if you're ready to win, that's the easiest way to, to build your team up without having to necessarily get rid of anybody right now. Um, it might hurt you in the long run, but if you're looking for a championship this year, 2019, then go for it, and that's what the 76ers look like. Look like they're trying to follow along with the Eagles and, and just get it done right now. Yeah, and the interesting thing to me is that the Sixers, the way they've built this team currently is trusting the process, tanking, mm-hmm. yep. getting these draft picks, drafting all these players, and then now they're shipping draft picks away to get Tobias Harris, and then they traded one of those first overall draft picks of Markel Fultz to the Magic, so he's no longer on the team. It's a very interesting shift there. And the issue with the trade is I still don't think the Sixers might be the front runners in the East now, but they are nowhere near the Golden State Warriors yet. So, yeah, I don't think with this deal yeah. they're going to be able to compete with them. I think the Warriors still – win the finals if this matchup were to happen in four or five games. So, I mean, I don't know. I I can see what they're doing. They want to get to the finals this year, and they very well might have put themselves in position to do that. Now we're going to completely flip from one of the teams that's really positioning themselves in the East to a team that is just the just a mess in the New York Knicks. Um, Porzingis came out and said, I'm tired of losing. And then, like, four hours later, he was traded to the Mavericks, which is funny because the Mavericks are also bad. Um, So he's not going to win anytime soon. Um, But the Knicks cleared a bunch of cap space in this deal. There was a bunch of other players involved in this trade. Um, And they have a top draft pick, and now they are going to try to make a run at Kyrie and Kevin Durant this summer, which to me is just crazy. If that works out, that'll probably be the best trade of all time. But if it doesn't work out, they could be really, 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 really bad. I mean, do you think that's feasible? Because from an outsider's perspective, if I'm Kevin Durant, yeah, I understand I have my rings and, and whatnot, but you really want to start over again with the Knicks? I know you're playing in the Garden. I know you have the spotlight of New York City around you. That's the franchise that's worth the most money in the NBA, maybe in all of sports. I don't know. It's way up there in the billions. Um, but why would you want to start over in New York? That place hasn't won in decades. Yeah, I mean – it. It's a tough situation for the Knicks. I mean, I know why they got rid of – I think Porzingis was the big draw in New York, and I understand that they couldn't really build all this and keep him on the roster. Like, in order to put this plan into action, he had to move. 
But I feel like that was your big draw to get a Kevin Durant, a Kyrie Irving to New York was look at this star, this future star, one of the best, who's going to be one of the best players in the league. We have him on our team, and he's our va- or he's our center. And then you guys are going to come in, and we're going to have this star-studded roster. But now that he's gone, they're going to have to build it all through free agency. They're almost going to have to have like a Miami Heat, Dwayne Wade, Chris. Bu- Chris Bosh, LeBron James meeting and say, like, yeah, we're all going to sign with the Knicks. I mean, it, it's a big risk for them. And if it works out, it's going to work out. But the chances that all that works out are not very not very high. And it, since it's the Knicks, I really don't expect it to work at all. But now, let's see, what else happened? To, there's a bunch of other stuff. I don't know. It's just, oh, Kyrie Irving. He was asked about his future in Boston. Is his contract running out at the end of this year? And earlier in the season, he was like, yeah, I'm 100% committed to the Celtics. And then he just said, ask me about it in the summer. So he might be gone now, and the NBA is so many revolving doors. So many people can go so many different places. It is crazy. The drama in the league is almost more exciting than the on-court action. It's it's a weird dynamic going up there in Boston with the Celtics because this is a team that I thought last year was positioning themselves to make this strong run at at you know Golden State probably, and and then you fast forward to this year sitting third in the East, um, and a good year so far, but. But they just haven't been the team that I think a lot of people expected. I mean, I don't know. I this, they're not the team that I expected. I expected this team to be to be first in the East. Um, you know, you don't have to worry about LeBron James anymore, and we've seen what the Cavaliers are without him. Um, I thought this was the year for the Celtics, and it looks like a team like Milwaukee has taken over instead. Yeah, I think that's where the Sixers saw an opportunity there because the Celtics were supposed to blow away everyone in the East, and the Sixers said, well, wait, they're not. Yeah. It's halfway through the season. We can make this happen. We can try to work something out and get there. Um, but another thing that's interesting over in the Western Conference is the Lakers and LeBron. There's a possibility that LeBron doesn't go to the playoffs this year. Um, the Lakers currently sitting down in 10th spot. I mean, they're only – but two and a half games out of the out of the eighth seed, which is not that I mean that's not that far off. No. But right now the Lakers not sitting in a good spot. I can't imagine team chemistry is that great there right now, especially when rumors were swirling that the whole team was going to get traded to New Orleans for Anthony Davis. So I mean that you have to take that into account. That has to hurt in the locker room. I know I wouldn't really enjoy if my name kept getting thrown around that I was going to get shipped away for Anthony Davis. So I mean, I. Uh, Will LeBron not be in the playoffs this year? I mean, I can't imagine a world where that happens. I don't know, but I, you know, at the same time, you know that he knew this is what he was getting into when he went to to play for the Lakers. I mean, he he left a not a great situation by any means, but he went to an even worse situation uh, just to play in the the big lights of Los Angeles and play for the Lakers. Um, and you know, this Anthony Davis thing, this isn't the first time that. That this has come around. I wasn't there a big push in the summer yeah. about oh get Anthony Davis out here to play with LeBron and and it didn't happen then and it didn't happen now. But but yeah, you're right. If you're a guy in that locker room, this is now the second time that you've almost been sent to New Orleans for Anthony Davis. And yeah, that if that doesn't make you mad, then I don't know what will. Well, in perfect in perfect NBA timing as well. Today, Lavar Ball was on Undisputed with Shannon Sharp and. That Shannon was saying something about Lonzo. I forget the whole context. Um, and LeVar was like, well, Lonzo is the best player on the Lakers. And he's like, he's better than LeBron? And he's like, yeah, of course he is. So now LeVar Ball, Ball is back in the picture. I mean, Lonzo was one of the players who was going to get sent to New Orleans for Anthony Davis. So this team could be a mess as the season comes to a close. But I think, like you said, LeBron knew he was getting into this situation. And I think he knows that he sticks it out this year. They can make some moves happen next year in order to get him a better team. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's possible that he's not in the playoffs this year, which would be insane that the best player in the world is not in the playoffs. Want to uh, talk some college game? Yeah, we, we'll, we'll switch it over to a team that's in action right now, actually. Uh, Penn State basketball, they are taking on Ohio State currently. Um, we're getting a score update here in a second for it. But the big news for this Penn State men's basketball team is that they finally won a game. Um, last week against Northwestern, they went into Evanston, and they won. They won their first Big Ten game. They are now 1-10 in the Big Ten Conference. And, Ben, do you think that they did enough in that win? I mean, I I think Pat Chambers, his job's still on the line, but do you think with that one win, maybe that's going to spark something? Yeah, I don't think they're going to fire him. Um this is a program that was riding the coattails of the NIT championship last year. 
it's well documented how awful they've been this year. And I, you know, there's, he said that he feels safe. He doesn't think that he's under any pressure. And I don't really think he is either. Um, the only reason that I could have seen him getting fired, or the only way, is if they went over in the Big Ten. And they haven't done that. They beat Northwestern. Um, and I think Penn State's just going to ride this one out. He signed a contract extension next year. They wouldn't make public what his buyout would be, anything like that. So you know it's probably really high, unnecessarily high. Um, so Penn State, I think, is probably just going to ride this one out with Pat Chambers. And, and look, I really like Pat Chambers. I'm sure I've been over this on the show before. I do really like Pat Chambers. But, but there comes a point in time where it's unacceptable and you separate business from the relationship side of things and say, hey, Pat, nothing personal, but you're not getting the performance we need. Yeah, I mean, I thought really no matter what happened this year that he was going to be the coach next year. I mean, Obviously, if they didn't win a big game in the Big Ten, they would have had to fire him. But, I mean, I think the way this team is now, they won that game. I wouldn't be surprised if in the coming weeks here, Penn State strings together three, four victories. Um, they have nine games left of the season, including tonight's game against Ohio State, which you just look, they're down by three at halftime, correct? 34-31. Yep, um, and when we started the show, they were on the wrong side of an 18-1 to run <laughs> at one point. So they got it back to within three points at halftime. Well, the problem with this team, and we, we've talked about it a ton off air, is they are so predictable. And and today's, you know, right now 34-31 at halftime, it's playing right into that. Um, you have a Penn State team, starts fast. Today, they were up 8-2 to two at one point. Then they give up some runs. Then they went on the – they Ohio State went on an 18-1 to one run to blow it out. Then at halftime, the game's always close. Right now, three-point game at halftime. It's just following the script. Now in the second half – They'll be close for a little while. Boom. They'll get somewhere between four and eight minutes where Penn State won't score a basket. You'll look up. They'll be down 15. And you'll, you know, what in the heck just happened? Like, you know, you give up all that time, and then they got to play catch-up. And they they start draining threes. And you look up, and now it's a seven-point game. And, and they hit some more threes. And now it's a three-point game. And you know what? Last two minutes of the game, we're not going to score again. They lose by nine, and, you know, you get ready to do the exact same thing next week. It's a vicious cycle that never ends. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the most frustrating thing with the team is that nothing is changing. It's the same script every night. And, I mean, I don't know who you put the blame on. There's a lot of young players. I mean, I don't know if that's a coaching thing, if that's a player's thing, if that's a mental thing. Like, I don't, at this point, it's a problem, and it needs to be fixed, and everyone knows what it is. You would think by this point in the season they would be able to fix it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just where we'll leave it that. We'll see how the rest of the season goes. Like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if they win four or five Big Ten games by the end of the season with nine games left. I think this team, they just needed that win, and I think they'll string a few together. Now, it's not easy going to Ohio State, and then they return home to the BJC to take on Michigan, who is one of the best teams in the country. So that scheduling there of when they decided to get their first win was not really on their side. But now, Ben, we're going to switch gears again and go to your area of expertise. Football recruiting, college football recruiting, National Signing Day wrapped up. Um, and I've written here, anything cool happen? Um, for Penn State, not not really. Um, it was a it was a day that was full of anticipation. Um, and and this is probably a subject that will carry over into the next uh, section a little bit after our commercial break. But just get it underway here. It was a day with a lot of promise for Penn State. Um, you know, you had a bunch of guys out there that, that had Penn State on their short lists, as I like to say, you know, top two, top three going into it. Um, you start off with Doug Nestor, who's an Ohio State commit, and been on campus twice since not signing with Ohio State in the fall. You know, you think you're in a good spot, then a day, two days before signing day, boom, decides he's going to Virginia Tech instead of Penn State. Okay, you lost one. Well, then you get um, Sorrells, who I, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his first name because I'll, I'll accidentally say it wrong, um, from from down in Orlando. It's down Penn State, South Carolina. He was just on campus for a visit last weekend. Boom, decides, hey, I'm going with South Carolina. I mean, you get Nick Cross, who is Florida State commit, down to basically Penn State, Florida State, and Maryland. And, you know, things trending towards Penn State. Also on campus last weekend, decides, you know, too much not gonna make my choice today gonna push it off didn't sign yesterday on signing day still haven't heard a word from him today uh, kind of a tough situation there um, don't like to speculate a lot but there's been multiple reports from rivals and other places where Nick Cross definitely wants to play at Florida State for Willie Taggart 
parents, he's from Maryland, do not want him to play at Florida State, want him to go to Penn State. And there's been some back and forth on whether they're allowing him to sign or not. So a really tough situation, not one that, you know, anybody wants to be a part of. You feel bad for for all the parties involved there that can't get it straight. But, you know, you had an opportunity for Penn State to get a bunch of big-name guys uh, late here in this class. You end up with none of them. Now, you do sign some guys, though. You sign uh, three-star T.J. Jones, wide receiver from Florida. The staff really likes. That's kind of Penn State new wide receiver coach Jared Parker's first kind of big splash him and him and Jaywan Sider go down to Florida and get this kid really like him you sign a kid from the from the uh Whipple is that how you say it out there in Pittsburgh uh Hardy is his last name really short only 5'10 150 pounds but a guy who can really play football uh four touchdowns three interceptions in the state finals alone so Penn State took some risks on some guys uh that's part of the transfer portal so many scholarships opened up and you're you're not gonna you know, you lose 13 guys to the portal, you're not going to get 13 back in the portal. You're going to get two, three, maybe four. So they took some chances on guys. Why not? He's only 5'10", but, hey, you never know. You get him in, a Penn, you get him in Penn State's uh, training, conditioning program, and you never know. He could put on 30 pounds. He could grow an inch or two even maybe, and you could end up with a stud that nobody was expecting. So a decent signing day. The class is going to finish. Unless Cross makes that decision to come to Penn State, which I – kind of highly doubt will happen Penn State falls out of the top 10 they finish 13th in the country um, so far anyway like I said probably going to finish there in 13th so not the back-to-back top 10 classes but for a year that was supposed to be a down year for Penn State recruiting they come out with the 13th best class in the country signed two five-star linebackers and 2020 is going to be a big deal tons of talent around here Penn State the favorite right now for two if not three five stars so thanks for our Penn State recruiting update there Ben but I have to talk about Miami's punter that they just signed uh quickly before we break Lewis Headley he is a 6'4 24-year-old Australian who signed to Miami yesterday um and he's going to be their punter now and they desperately need a punter I thought the U is back they have a 24-year-old punter joining their roster next year he's huge we'll put a picture of him on the uh, Ben and Ben show Facebook page because Oh, man, I'd like to see the proof that this that this gentleman is 24 because he looks like he's about 44. Let me tell you, this is a massive punter. I wouldn't run on a fake when he's around. And with that, we are going to take a quick commercial break and be right back for the final stretch of the Ben and Ben Show. The Ben and Ben Show continues now on Tom Radio. Welcome back into the Ben and Ben Show. I'm Ben Free, joined with Ben Jenkins out here at Innovation Park Studios. We are in the final stretch, the last 20 minutes of our show, and we're really going to change it up. We're going to talk about a brand new football league that is coming to America, the Alliance of American Football, and it's starting on Saturday night, Ben. The Atlanta is playing Orlando Saturday night, 8 p.m. I think you watch it on CBS, main network CBS as well, um, coming right out in the big stage. And, Ben, we've seen these – Football leagues, the alternatives to the NFL, we've seen them pop up, go away, and they never really stuck. Um, but I kind of have a feeling this one might actually stick. You know, it's funny. This wasn't a topic that we were going to talk about until uh, 20 minutes before the show started. Something that I just came across somewhere on Twitter earlier today, and I'd completely forgotten about it. You know, with the Super Bowl ending, everybody thinks, oh, football's done until September, until August, whatever. It's not. We have a whole new season getting ready to go. Eight teams going to battle it out. Um, Ten-week schedule, 40 games going to be played. And I'm excited. This is, I don't know if anybody out there listening has, has watched Last Chance You on Netflix, but this is kind of what that reminds me of. It's going to be the guys who, you know, maybe saw their college careers not pan out in the NFL careers um, or, or guys that had short one, two-year stints in the NFL. They're going to get their opportunity to play professional football um, and do it on national TV. So really excited for this. I think it can be a really neat idea. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to highlight some of the rules here that they have in place because they are quite different from our traditional football rules. There's going to be a 35-second play clock, which is five seconds shorter than the NFL's. And the effort to this is have all the games take no longer than two and a half hours. That is the goal for these, make them shorter. Um, There's no TV timeouts during the game. Um, so once again, they want to make it shorter. They want to make these games go by quickly and make it more entertaining. Um, no kickoffs. The teams will start from their own 25-yard lines. Um, 
And instead of onside kicks, each team will have a fourth and ten from their 35-yard line. And if they convert it, they get the ball and they start their drive, which I think is just incredible to get rid of. I mean, we saw in the NFL this year, there was what, two, three, four. I, th- there's very, very few onside kicks that were actually converted in the NFL this season. So I think this is there's just some fantastic rules in this. And I think there's no extra points as well. You always have to go for two after touchdowns. So, unfortunately, the kickers won't get a chance in this league. Um, but I think some of these rules are quite interesting and could really change this and make this interesting to watch. Yeah, it's an interesting concept. And a lot of that, especially the kickoff rules, have to do with safety. Uh, we know that kickoffs and kick returns are some of the most dangerous plays in football. Um, and so a lot of this is going to try and prevent that, try to make it a little bit safer of a league, um, but also to save time. Like you said, this league seems to be all about saving time, making shorter games. Uh, we've heard that conversation, a lot of things, mostly baseball, but looks like we're going to get that opportunity to see it uh, played out with football, going to have shorter games. Another thing that you didn't touch on that I think is really interesting about this league is the contracts. Every single player on the teams, um, no matter if you are a third string guy or the starting quarterback, you get a non-guaranteed three-year, $250,000 contract. That's it. You can earn bonuses um, based on performance and performances and fan engagement. That's how you get your bonuses. But but other than that, everybody's on an equal playing field. You don't have uh, athletes making $10 million. Um, I mean, probably rightfully so. But, you know, it's everybody's on this level playing field. Everybody's going to get opportunities to, to go out there and prove themselves and, and make a decent living while doing it. And, and I'm just really excited for this because it's, it's something that we haven't really seen before, especially people our age. You know, we weren't really around to watch the XFL back in that day, and I know that's coming back real soon. Um, but we haven't really seen an alternative to the NFL, and we finally get to do that. Yeah, I mean, and just some names to throw out there. Trevor Knight is there, Blake Sims. Scott Tolzien is on the Birmingham team. Um, and for Penn State people, Christian Hackenberg is on a team. Um, I don't think he's a starter, though, is he? No, I don't think he's a starter. <laughs> Zach Mettenberger is also on that team, so I feel like he is going to be the starter in that. I know there was a lot of buzz around when – this draft happened. Denard Robinson is finding himself on a team. So there is some players that Penn State fans will know. Um, and just some college, some players that you really haven't heard about since they played in college football that were in the NFL for like a year or two. They failed, thought their careers were over. Why not go out there, have another shot at it? I mean, you don't know where it's going to lead. Also a coach, um, you know, the, the head coach of the Orlando team that plays uh, opens this thing up on Saturday night, Steve Spurrier. How about that one? Uh, that's a name that pretty much every football fan out there recognizes from from college football going back um, even up until recent years with South Carolina. So Steve Spurrier coming out of retirement, going to be the head coach of the Orlando Apollos, and, and that's the team, like I just said, that's going to get this thing started on Saturday night. Yeah, and Bill Polian is the head of football for this organization, former Colts GM there. Um, Jeff Fisher is assisting so in the really? organization of this, there's just some really interesting. I mean, Heinz Ward is the head of football development for this league. I mean, it, there's a bunch of names that people recognize in this, which makes it really different to some of these other like little pop up leagues yeah. that have occurred in the past. I think it gives them legs. You know, people can people are going to see Heinz Ward smile and they're going to say, "Oh, cool! Like I I know the people involved in this, and it's going to make people tune in." And now, been the real important prediction that we will surely bring up when the season's over again: who is going to win the championship? Oh my. Um, well, I didn't realize you were going to ask this, so, <laughs> um, flip a coin, uh, we've never seen any of these teams play, I don't even know what brand their uniforms are, you know, I'm going to go, okay, I'm going to go with the San Diego Fleet, just because I know one person who works for the organization, and I really like their colors, that's my, that's my logic, I like their colors, um, out there in San Diego, really cool uniforms, really cool helmets, uh, and just like what we said before, we'll get some picture of the, pictures of these uniforms up for you guys. But I'm going with the San Diego Fleet. They'll probably go 0-10, but but I'm going with the Fleet. Well, I do have a picture of the uniforms up here, and they are pretty good-looking uniforms. Um, they give me like almost like a Navy vibe from, oh, yeah. when, from like the Army-Navy game series. So that's a good pick. I'm going to go with the San Antonio Commanders. Because they play in the Alamo Dome, and every football game there is insane from all the bowl games that have been played there. And I don't know. I, I'm just going to go with them. I, we'll see what happens there. But now, from one startup league to another one, the XFL, it's coming back. And some news 
out of there today that Bob Stoops is going to be the coach and GM of the Dallas team in the XFL when it returns in a few years here. And I guarantee you're going to hear about this a lot more um, if you stay tuned to Com Radio and the Radio FX app, app after us because Talk Time with Tom, you know they are going to go all in on Bob Stoops and the Dallas team here in the XFL. I know Maddie Fresh is going to be all over that one. But I think it's a great move and, and one that I was shocked to, to hear because uh, Bob Stoops was, I think, really ready to step away from the game when he left Oklahoma. And I'm sure he's been approached for, for college jobs and, and probably even NFL jobs since leaving that program. And, and here he goes. He walks into the XFL to take a dual role as the head coach and general manager. That's a lot to put on your plate for and for a startup league. Um, but I think it's a great, a great move to make. Well, once again, it goes back to what you said about the AAF is that it's just a name that people know. I mean, I think that's very important when you have these brand new leagues. It's that names that people recognize. And obviously the XFL is a little different than the AAF, that it failed once before. They're bringing it back, trying to do something different. But I think every time you have names like this, that's important. I mean, people are probably going to go see this team play because Bob Stoops is the coach. I mean, people are definitely going to watch TV, watch it on TV that first game to see how he does, see what it's all about. So, I mean, I think that really helps give it legs. And the real question is, will this Dallas XFL team have a better coaching staff than the Dallas Cowboys? Because at head coach, I think they're one for one. I think Bob Stoops brings more energy, more excitement to the team uh, than, than Jason Garrett. Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know his name because he's so bad. Um, I think he already brings more excitement to this team. So there could be a pretty decent uh, chance that the coaching staff of this Dallas team, I don't – I don't think they even have a nickname yet to go by, but that they're better than the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I I know my dad's listening to the show right now, and he might come after you, Ben, a longtime Dallas Cowboys fan. There, <laughs> probably not happy with you saying that the XFL team is going to be better. I didn't say the, the I didn't Dallas say the Cowboys. team. I said the coaching <laughs> the coaching roster. Yeah, you know, well, that's how I interpreted it. So, uh, <laughs> the the real question with these leagues, though, Ben, is will they ever be able to challenge the NFL? Are they trying to come? I mean. Obviously, they're playing football in America, so they are competing with the NFL. But what's the role of these leagues, and will they be able to stick this time? I mean, if if it's going to stick, they did it in the right way because they're not competing directly with the NFL in the same season. They're not playing Sundays in the fall. And that's where I think you've seen the problems before is, is like the XFL. You've got this league going uh, Saturday nights, Sunday mornings when there's college football in the NFL on. So at least now you've got it the week after the Super Bowl ends, hey – you know, you are you missing football already? Well, good news, we have football for you to watch. I think that's a way better opportunity for these teams to thrive. Um, teams that I don't know if you really caught that, but I believe they're all in the south. So nice weather, going to be outside doing things except inside in the Alamo Dome. But uh, I, th- I think it's more of an experience. I think you're going to see the minor league baseball style mm-hmm. thing here where you're selling an experience more than you're selling the game. Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, the same thing is going to end these leagues that – eventually ended the XFL at the beginning. Now there's a lot of problems with the XFL when it's first spot, but the biggest issue was that the quality of play wasn't very good. Um, And I think at the end of the day, that's what's going to haunt these leagues again is if you can sell the experience, but if it's not a good experience, people are only going to buy it once. And they're going to show up and they're going to say, oh, that was bad football. Why would I come and pay and watch this? So I think that eventually will be the downfall of these leagues. Now, something that's interesting is arena football had a really good run. It's still Arena football is still a thing that goes on. But there for a while, the arena league was getting pretty big. I mean, I, there was TV deals. The teams were starting to gather a following. At least I remember um, mm-hmm. the arena football league back in my childhood. But it was growing, and it was becoming kind of a big thing. Um, but now it kind of has fallen off a little bit. And I, I could see something similar with the AAF. It's definitely better than the original XFL and as far as its organization and getting it ready, and they've changed the rules, they put it at the right time of the season. So I think that is a good start for them. I think it'll last for a couple of years, but at the end of the day, with something that's already set up like the NFL, it's going to be hard to try to compete with that. I mean, because they are competitors. As much as they want to try to stay away from that, they're competing with the NFL. Yeah. All right, well, last segment of the day. Uh, ben, you know, our first one-hour show of the semester – I'd say it went well. Uh, cap us off here. Um, what are you most excited for this week? Well, I feel like I say this every week, 
But this week, once again, Penn State men's hockey. They were at home in Pagula. Uh, it seems like it's been a while. Um, and they're taking on Minnesota. And the last time Penn State and Minnesota met in Pagula, um, <laughs> well, it was quite an interesting four games. Um, the end of la- end of the regular season last year, Penn State beat Minnesota four straight times. Uh, last two were two. The first two were the last two games of the regular season, and then the next two was the first round of the Big Ten tournament. Four games in a row against Minnesota. Um, there's a whole lot of antics that went with that. That ended up getting Penn State into the NCAA tournament. Minnesota ended up getting left out of the NCAA tournament. Um, it's really safe to say that these two teams don't like each other. Um, talking to the players earlier this week, that was quite clear without them saying it. They were saying it, if that makes some kind of sense. They wouldn't come out and say that because they would get yelled at by Penn State. But you could kind of tell that they're looking forward to this Minnesota series, and this team is in a spot where they need to win games, and they need to win games now in order to make the NCAA tournament. So I'm really excited to be there, cover that this weekend, and see how it goes. I mean, it's always fun when Minnesota comes to town for hockey. I mean, they are the hockey, the college hockey program throughout the history of college hockey. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, I have two quick things here, one being Penn State Wrestling. Uh, going to make the road trip to Columbus tomorrow for that. Really excited to see that in person. I know they put on a heck of a show. My other thing, um, you know, NASCAR. Cars are back on track this weekend. Love that. Uh, always exciting when the season comes back around quickly here before we go off the air i know you have a shout out you want to give i want to give one too. my sister got accepted to penn state maine today so congratulations elisa uh super proud of you excited to have you on campus next year and i have to say it's my grandmother's birthday today so i have to tell her a happy birthday and with that we're going to end our first live episode of the ben and ben show for the semester thank you for listening in to us here we will be back next thursday from 7 38 and remember two bends are always better than one